The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. It's Ronald Acuna Day for those who celebrate. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is out. We have tons of closer uh, chaos, as always. Here to help us break it down is Rotowire's Ryan Roof. Coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rotowire Fantasy, not Rotowire Fantasy Sports Today, but the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Rotowire's Ryan Roof. Uh, he runs our Closers Grid. You can read him on the uh, Closer Encounters article that's up on Rotowire. And he's doing uh, a series of articles breaking down his travels through the NFBC main event and his initial foray into that. Ryan, happy Thursday. How you doing? Happy Thursday. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm excited to join you again. It's about a, been about a year since I joined you last, so almost to the date. So I know. That's right. Uh, although you got a cameo appearance in our labor cast. Too, I did. did jump That's in. true. That's true. Jump in on that. So that was good. Um, happy Acuna Day uh, for those who celebrate. I do not have him in leagues this year because I was that guy that was saying, oh, he's going too soon. He's going too soon. Hey, turns out he wasn't going too soon. He was running in the minors. Uh, he was playing the field. He's back today. He's batting leadoff. I'm so excited to see him, though. Even if I don't have him on my watch, I'm still very happy to see him. Me too. It's it's and the Braves need them. I mean, they're currently in the bottom half of the league offensively, uh, two twenty nine average. So his return is going to be a nice boost. Um, just lost Eddie Rosario for eight to twelve weeks. Um, Adam Duvall struggling offensively, and yeah. they're playing uh, Travis Demerit recently. Um, don't have much depth in the outfield behind uh, uh, there. So Orlando Arcia, Guillermo Heredia probably aren't regulars so right uh, the fact that Acuna's back stealing uh you know on his rehab he had like a 611 OBP through his six rehab games three for three on the basis so this is really it's really awesome not a lot of power so far but uh, everything else is good and the power is coming so I'm not even worried about that we saw it in batting practice so we've we've seen it in life before it's not like he's that that, that the knee injury is going to take away from his power so yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, offense is way down. It's in a continuing theme. Uh, just to, as, a, as a sign of that, Sean Davis chimes in. Martin Perez has a perfect game through six. Verlander's given up one hit. Yeah, yeah, the ball's just not flying right now. <laughs> yeah, when Martin Perez is, you know, 
though hitting the Astros <laughs> may have a, a little bit deeper issue here. Yeah, no Kyle Tucker in today's game. He's getting a day off, no injury there. Uh, Tucker's actually started to come through a little bit there. I, I've, I've been, I'm heavily invested in Kyle Tucker, so I wasn't going to – there's no opportunity for the buy low because I pretty much already have him. Yeah, I have a few shares too, so I'm happy to see him turn things around, start, start turning things around. Yeah. Uh, let's talk, uh, about a couple other new, big news items before we jump into closer talk. We're already seeing, uh, some, some more closer worthy information today, but we'll get to that momentarily. But, uh, besides, uh, Acuna, we saw the bad news on Alberto Mondesi out for the season, torn ACL, uh, presumably out for the season. I'm assuming he is out for the season. That's something that usually takes a, about a year to recover from. So I doubt we see him back this year. And he was off to a terrible start. He was running. It was that was the one thing he was doing. I, you know, he, he's going to go a lot later next year. We know this. Yep. Yeah, we knew better. Uh, <laughs> um, but sure benefits Nikki Lopez, um, Kyle Isbell, who I've been a big fan of, actually traded for Isbell on the Rotowire staff league before our auction. Oh, that's um, right. You did with Peter, uh, right? Yeah, I was hoping uh, he would just get some playing, more playing time, and hopefully this opens the door for him. But I have to imagine uh, Edward Olivares will get some uh, time too. Both both players had really fantastic springs. They did. So, uh, I, I think this kind of opens the door for both of them to get get some more at bats. It does. Um, although both rode the shuttle last year, we'll see. I've got Olivares in one league. Uh, in AL Talent Wars, uh, and I think they made the rule about limiting the number of, of times you can get sent up and sent down just off, based off it. Just, off just of for him, yeah. And Mitch White, too, is the other one. Who, oh, yeah, that's right. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, look, looking at a couple of other things uh, from the Royals, Whit Merrifield has, like, two runs scored so far this year. Bobby Witt Jr. slumping. Mondesi was slumping. Carlos Santana was slumping. It's a lot of people on the Kansas City struggle bus right now. Yeah, um, that, it's it's you know frustrating, you know, especially if you're counting on Wit for you know all those at bats, you know, it's hurting your batting average, not running too much yet. I think he has a couple steals, but um, yeah, Carlos Santana was another one that I, I really um, you know targeted heavily, especially in draft champions leagues, uh, which are the you know, 50 round draft and holds deeper 15 team formats. And yeah, yeah, it's just, you can't even, you know, sniff hitting the ball at this point. So yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see if they turn things around though, especially with um, just because the talent is just so immense. Upside. It is, it is. And Witt does have three stolen bases. So he's, and, and he's up to 200. Uh, so he's got that going for him. Uh, but yeah, it, it's something to, something to watch a little bit closer there to see uh, how much that happens. The Royals, as alluded to by Sean, says that Michael Kopech's walking a bunch of guys today. He's got four walks, a couple of those uh, from Nicky Lopez batting leadoff, um, and then Carlos Santana, the other two. That's the one thing he has doing. He's hitting 109, but he's got a 305 OPP. So yeah. wrap your head around that one for a second there. But yeah, he's pretty pretty consistent with uh, you know more walks than strikeouts in a year. I'm not really sure how he's doing this year, but he's you know that was his one uh, his one uh, claim to fame. So. The one Royal that's not slumping is Andrew Benintendi. He has a two hits today, a double and two RBIs. He's up to 400 right now with a 431 OVP. You know, it's not a ton of power, but man, he's, uh, he, he's, he is locked in. 
yeah, and they're hitting them, you know, middle of the order. Um, should have a lot of RBI opportunities there. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what his power looks like at the end of the year. You know, at 20 home runs back with Boston 2017, but hasn't eclipsed that mark uh, this year and or, or yet since then. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely one of the, you know, big prospects back in the day, you know, hopefully – you know, the 2020 debut rookie season. So, you know, not sure he'll run as much after last year. He got, he got, he got caught more than, more than he stole last right. year. So, um, but good to see him, you know, hitting the ball. Well, um, a lot of RBI opportunities, at least, even if it doesn't come with a ton of power steals. Right. The uh, Royals, they have prospects in the pipeline. MJ Melendez, Vinny Pasquitino, Nick Prado, James Anderson likes Pasquatino better than Prado, so that's why I mentioned him in that order. Uh, we'll probably see see those guys at some point this season. Although the the twin, I mean the uh, Royals, they do have to try to stay in touch with the leaders in the division. That's the one thing that could you know pump the brakes on that a little bit is if they fall out of touch. Yeah, Melendez is interesting too. Um, I think he's off to a little bit of a slow start. Yeah, he was another one I I think I actually drafted in the in the in the staff league. So. Um, yeah, I, I imagine, you know, after leading the minor leagues in home runs last year, if he starts, you know, showing signs of life at the plate, they'll, they'll give him some opportunity too. So, yeah. The other, uh, big name, the non-closer that we want to talk about is, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Out of the lineup today, fouled a ball off his foot. X-rays were negative, but they gave him the day off. Uh, anytime you see that you, you worry in the same game, uh, yesterday, uh, Xander Bogarts fouled a ball off his shin and he's out of the game today too. Uh, the Bogarts went four for four after that play, after that thing, that uh, after that foul ball in the at bat. So he he's fine, but uh, it is it is noteworthy seeing a lot of players out on a getaway day game. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, he was my my first round pick in the main event, um, so I'm just you know crossing fingers. Right. But, what spot uh, were you drafting out of? Eighth. Uh, okay. So, but that uh, fell a little bit. Then that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did fall a little bit, especially in the days before the draft. He was going like fifth, um, so I wasn't sure I was going to get him. But like that was like my ideal target there at eighth. But um, yeah, the Jays are already reeling offensively with with Teoscar Hernandez, Danny Jansen on the IL. Um, Lourdes Gurriel missed the game recently with with hamstring issue, but um, you know, hopefully Vlad gets back in there soon. Um, you know, right now Bichette's kind of off to a slow start offensively. Um, yep. Uh, more pressure on Springer and Bichette if 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 Vlad misses any time. Uh, Bichette did hit the grand slam on Monday, uh, opposite field. He he thought it was gone right off the bat, but it it, it didn't really clear by a ton. That's, that's one of the continuing themes. Then he hit a ball on Tuesday night, I think it was, where he hit it like 104.9 miles an hour, and it was a warning track, uh, barely on the warning track fly out there. Seen a lot of that this year. He's just that's just one example. I've been I've been harping on this. I'm going to continue harping on it. That's what I do. I harp. Do do a deep dive, Jeff. You you reach out to MLB. Let them let them know. Hey hey, uh, we're concerned about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give us back a happy fun ball. We we exactly. want happy fun ball. I want it at least. Um, and I want no humidors. I want Coors Field to be 15 14 again. Let them play for four and a half hours. Who cares? No one complains about a great high scoring football game. You know that just takes forever. No, no one cares about that. Let let's have great high scoring baseball games too. Right. 
Yeah, so... All right, uh, before we get into the closer talk, a quick note from one of our sponsors uh, at Better Edge. Bet against others with no fees involved. That's right, no pesky hidden fees to ruin your day. Better Edge is a social betting marketplace where there's no fee on each transaction. Better Edge is a social betting marketplace, and chances are it's legal in your state. We bring uh, betting back to its social roots where you can like, comment, and challenge other users all within the app. Play without getting played at Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com to sign up today. Jeff Erickson here with Ryan Roof. You can follow Ryan on Twitter. Uh, I highly recommend doing so. Uh, at Ryan Roof, R-U-F-E, as you can see on the streamline right now, uh, the stream yard if you're watching us right now. Uh, Ryan, let's talk some closers. Uh, no shortage of transition and conversation there. Yeah, it's been an interesting year so far. Uh, I actually um, started a new article this season uh, called Closer Encounters. Uh, title was was all thanks to you. Appreciate yeah, that. No problem. Um, so weekly article, I take a look at, you know, different various situations around the league. You know, uh, who's injured, who's performing well, who's uh, I take a look at usage, things like that. Um, so new Closer Encounters went live on the site early this morning. Um, I went division by division and looked at a few um, team leaders for uh, saves, holds, K per nine, GMLI, and WPA. So GMLI is a, is a leverage index uh, that basically captures, you know, a pitcher's average leverage in, index upon entering a game. And WPA is win probability added, just measures how important your pitcher's performance was to winning. So. I keep an eye on those metrics um, to help me identify who's being used in high leverage. Sometimes um, that uncovers potential closures and waiting. So right. um, I went through division by division, team by team, um, listed the leaders uh, thus far. And, and again, it's you know 10% into the season. These are small samples um, we're still working with here. But um, I found some interesting things. Um, you know, first uh, with the Yankees, they're um Jonathan Loisija and and Chad Green who were excellent last season were nowhere to be found on the leaderboards for the Yankees um you know instead it's been Michael King uh, Clay Holmes has been really good um so I was surprised to see them kind of uh absent you know and they've been struggling a little bit but uh, Holmes got another save uh, for the Yankees yesterday uh, with Roldis Chapman getting the night off I saw that yeah uh, so it and, seems like Holmes and Michael King are kind of stepping into those uh, green Loy Sega roles from last year. Um, and, you know, that makes sense. They're just, it's such a deep bullpen. Um, so, you know, the Yankees are going to use that, um, you know, throughout the season. And, and if these guys are pitching well, um, they're going to use them. And Holmes has already appeared in 10 games this year. So, uh, yeah, he has. And, you know, they got him. Kind of an under the radar trade from the Pirates last season. Uh, right. Just kind of he stepped in, and it just kind of illustrates though how hot and cold, you know, how fast closer uh, relievers can burn. You know, they're they're great, and then they can burn uh, burn out quickly too. Right. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. So I I, I featured several relievers. Um, you know, I talked about Jorge Lopez's hot start with Baltimore. Um, you know, he mixed up his uh, his pitch mix. Um, basically ditching his fastball and throwing a sinker a lot more, uh, added a ton of velocity. So he's pitching really well. Um, and 
actually was looking at a few other um, surprising uh, leaders for a few teams, uh, one being Rafael Montero for the Astros. Um, now, Ryan Presley's obviously out with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, we all rushed to pick up Hector Neris as his short-term replacement for saves, but, um, you know, he hasn't uh, gotten a save yet. Um, last night, save went to Ryan Stanek. Um, but um, I think the save would have gone to Montero if uh, he was available. He's basically kind of been pitching every other day for the Astros. Right. Um, and he's off to just a fantastic start. He's 14 to 1 K to walk um, in, I think, eight, eight and a third innings. And, um, you know, he has closer experience before. He, he closed for the Rangers and, uh, and uh, Mariners. So, um, so he's someone I would keep an eye on, um, you know, especially if this this injury, Presley's injury, kind of lingers on. Um, I know, uh, you know, it was thought he was going to return this week, but then, you know, maybe uh, our recent note on him was, was that, uh, you know, absence will be a little bit longer than expected. So, so yeah, yeah, keep an eye on Montero. He's been pitching really, pitching really well. Yeah, that's right. And I, uh, I, I saw that note uh, from uh, from Dusty saying that Presley was not going to come back sometime soon. I, I kind of split the baby in the two leagues where I have Presley. In one league, I activated him. In another league, we have midweek activations. If a guy gets activated, then you can put him in there. You just have to drop someone. So that's how it works. So he stayed on my bench there, or my IL actually, and I actually have Stanek. So I got a little lucky, uh, but that's only because Norris was already previously rostered. Uh, yeah, and the funny thing is, yeah, seeing Norris pitch the eighth, that was yeah, that was the tell. Like, oh, okay, that one's kind of out now. But uh, that was correct me if I'm wrong. That was the first save opportunity for the Astros since Presley got hurt over a week. I believe ago. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, Astros have been kind of slumping, and when they do win, they've been winning by a bigger margin. So turns out they just haven't had too many save chances. So we'll see uh, how that holds up in the future here. But uh, something to watch for there. Pittsburgh, Chris Stratton blew a save today while we were talking. As a matter of fact, the uh, Brewers got ahead of him, uh, beat them three to two on that one there, or at least they were up three to two. I don't know if that's a final yet or not, but uh, Stratton had been getting more save chances than Bednar. Bednar had actually been pitching a lot of eighth innings on that, that Chicago series. That was the case today. Stratton got the loss. Uh, Devin Williams actually got the save. Hader had pitched, I think, the last two days, maybe even the last three days. Hader has 10 saves already, for the, by the way. That's just crazy. But it, it, is, it is a final now. Stratton uh, was pretty good last year. He hasn't been so good this year, and he was definitely not so good today. Yeah, uh, Hader actually pitched for the last five games. So He'd had to to get 10 saves. I mean, we started <laughs> late in break. April, and we're still in April. Right, right, exactly. Um, you know, so, so yeah, and, you know, Bednar was, was um, the only reliever featured on uh, my latest Closer Encounters where he was the leader, the team leader for all of the metrics listed. Okay. Lead, you know, tied for the, the lead in saves. Um, team leader in holds, Caper 9 leader, GMLI leader, WPA leader. So um, he was the only reliever who dominated all five categories across the board. Um, so um, he's a stud. Um, he is. So, you know, obviously he's worth starting, you know, even though he's in, you know, a timeshare with, with Stratton. But perhaps this blown save will just kind of, you know, 
uh, open up more more saves for Bednar. For sure. And, you know, Pittsburgh does have a little bit of a history of not using their young guys as the closer, that they go with this old, boring veteran. You know, uh, Richard Rodriguez was kind of that guy for a while until they traded him. You know, also, they, you know, they've had more save chances than we've expected. You know, Bednar has four holds. I think Stratton's got four saves. So they've actually, when they've won, they've actually had some close games. So it's been worth their while. So they've been able to get get enough saves. But yeah, this this is a setback. Um, so something to watch for there. Marlins. Uh, Anthony Bender had pitched the last two days. Now this was kind of wild. I, don't, you know, I know you were paying attention to what was going on in the Nats and the and Marlins, but Bender got the save, but it wasn't pretty last night. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he has four saves for the Marlins, but, uh, he's, he's been getting, uh, get around pretty well. Um, remember he blew his first save of the year. Um, I think it was on, you know, Miami's opening day, um, has endured two losses. So it's been kind of shaky. Um, Tanner Scott's been shaky too. I know he, he recently pitched in for a save, but, um, you know, he walked two in his last outing. Um, I really, do believe um, this could be Dylan Floro's job again when he comes back. So um, sorry about that. Um, and Floro has pitched in uh, two minor league rehab outings. So I think, uh, you know, he's someone to, to pick up now if he's available. Um, you know, it's just kind of the, the spec play um, just because he had the job last year. So, yeah, I like Bender's skills, but, you know, he has been shaky so far this year. Last night. So if if it was the 2019 ball, that would have been a blown save and a loss for Anthony Bender. Uh, yeah. Instead, it was a I think it was 107.9 mile an hour rocket to left center that the Washington announced was like, oh, that got knocked down by the wind and the mush ball. Yes, Yadiel off the bat of Yadiel Hernandez. Ninth inning, Michael Franco hits a ball down the line. He stands and watches and poses, thinking that's out. Instead, it hits the top of the wall. He has to settle for a single. Next guy got out anyhow, so it didn't really matter. But it, it was pretty obvious that, you know, these hitters think they got it and they don't have it. Um, Bender had pitched two days in a row, so Solcer got the save today. He could also be part of the mix. It could be just, you know, it could be David Bell all over again here with this team. It could be. Um, you know, Don Mattingly historically likes to stick with one guy. He does. So, That's true. Um, so that may be in, in you know, Floro's favor. Um if he returns and gets, you know, the first opportunity back. But um, yeah, he's certainly got a wealth of options to turn to. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Bass has saved games in the past. Richard Blyer's got a really high ground ball rate. Solcer, you mentioned, yep. uh, save games. So, um, you know, I'm surprised the saves actually haven't been spread around more um, just because Solcer has been pitching so well to start the year. Um, so, but you yeah, Bender's uh, not striking out as many people as it was last year. He only has four Ks and six and six and two thirds. So, um, so we'll see. We'll see how we go. We'll see how he does uh, next uh, over the next week or so. Yeah, Texas was wild. Joe Barlow they named as the closer, and then Matt Bush got the next save anyhow. Yeah, um, Barlow's interesting. Uh, you know, I was totally avoiding him all draft all season. Yes. Um, I was I was very against drafting him <laughs> just because, you know, the 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 five point eight career walks per nine in the minors. Um, you know, he he overperformed uh his ex era in FIP last year. Um seems like he got kind of lucky. Um, 
but he's been really good this year. And one thing to note with Barlow, uh, I talked about with Rob DiPietro on, on his podcast was uh, he's throwing his slider a lot more this year. Um, yeah. 59% compared to 41% last year is excuse me, velocity is up on the pitch too. Um, basically his fastball just was, was not effective at all. So um, he's throwing that much less. Um, and so far it's, it's yielded great results. He's um, struck out eight um, in five and a third with only one walk. So, and walks are my biggest concern with him. Mm-hmm. So as long as he's not walking anyone, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic with Barlow. Right. And with Barlow, he had pitched Thursday, got fully warmed up Friday, but then didn't come into the game. So on Saturday, he wasn't available. Monday, he's warming up with a 3-2 lead, and the Rangers score, and Matt Bush pitched the eighth inning, and the Rangers scored three runs. So they killed the save opportunity. It was all of a sudden 6-2, six, six to two, so pitched in a non-save situation. Yesterday, obviously, they didn't win, so wasn't relevant, but... Something to watch for there um, and, and see like if anything changes with that. But I, I'm kind of confident that Barlow is the guy now. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just thought, you know, they invested so much money in, in the free agents. They signed Semyon and, and Corey Seager and John Gray. Um, you know, why would they go into the season with this closer with all these, you know, aspirations for, for turning the team around with, you know, a closer who has 29 innings of big league experience. Right. Well, you know, obviously that experience was important last year. Um, they're still waiting for Jose Leclerc, Jonathan Hernandez to come back. Um, Greg Holland didn't work out. Um, you know, so uh, right now Barlow is by far the best best option. I think so too. Stay in the division, Oakland. Lou Trevino is, uh, has a real uh, COVID IR stint. He's not just the two day one that we've seen a lot of players. Danny Jimenez has come in and gotten four saves uh, during this stretch. And let's face it, who is Lou Trevino to hold on to that job and not lose a job due to this anyhow? Uh, it's not like teams are, you know, teams are dumb out there and like, oh, we're going to trade for your closer because he's a closer. If he's not, if he's just a middling reliever, who cares uh, if he once was a closer? Jimenez could just keep that job. Yeah, um, that's fair. I, I did actually, um, I drafted Trevino in the main and I picked up, Danny Jimenez last week, just, just in nice. case, you know, I, I, nice. I still believe they'll turn back to Trevino when, when he comes back. Right. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Tre- you know, Jimenez has been pitching really well. Um, you know, it was like, who? Right. <laughs> I was, guy? I was drafting like Domingo Acevedo in the six, in the, the 30th round as right. my uh, sleeper guy, but it's definitely, That's who I definitely not him. Yep. Up next too, yeah. But but Jimenez has come in, you know, like you said, say four games uh, hasn't been scored upon through eight innings. So, I mean, they might just keep him in the role. So, um, was fortunate to pick him up last year. He was, I know, he was the most uh, picked up uh, player in the main event uh, mm-hmm. last week, and and I was on the cheaper end. I, I think the cheapest he went for was twenty one, and I was lucky to get him for 22. So yeah, I use the Fred Zinke approach, you know, yeah. <laughs> try to try to bid the second place bid and hope that wins. Uh, so well done. So, yeah, it's, um, that'll be interesting to monitor. I, you know, I, I was, uh, actually made the mistake of not starting him, uh, this week too. Cause I had, uh, I had Michael Fulmer and Jimenez and Trevino who both had games on Tuesday. And, you know, one of my, uh, early mistakes of, you know, my main event, uh, journey has been, Make sure you're on top of your lineup on Tuesdays too uh, for, for right. those games, not just Monday. 
So uh, unfortunately, I left Michael Fulmer in my lineup and not Jimenez, so I missed out on the save. So uh, that's a bummer. That comes back to bite me. Yeah, hopefully I mean, not. Fulmer's a good pitcher. Uh, I, I'm I'm convinced that, but he's just not getting the role right now. Although after Tuesday's bizarre finish, maybe that'll change eventually. Not today. The Twins are up seven one in the bottom of the eighth, so I don't think it's going to happen today. But uh, Soto, Gregory Soto, got could be termed as unlucky because of that error that allowed two runs in. But he also walked the first two batters of that inning, which is what Gregory Soto does. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was eight straight balls. Uh, one of them should have been a strike, but um, yeah, yeah, that was not that did not set the tone for the for the inning uh, <laughs> well. So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, Fulmer mixes in a lot more. Um, you know, they kind of um, I think again about 13, 14 saves last year. So so. You know, I would expect about the same, maybe fifteen, maybe a little, maybe a few more, right? Um, as the season goes on, but uh, yeah, he was he was someone I I targeted uh, towards the end of my main main event draft, just to kind of support, you know, as that third spec guy uh, for ancillary save support. So, for sure, uh, Soto has three saves. Uh, he is the GMLI leader, but the WPA leader is Fulmer for Detroit's bullpen there. So. Yep. We we could see some movement there if he if he continues to be wild. Uh, Emilio Pagan is he pitched the eighth the other day I saw, but he also had a couple of saves over the weekend. What's your take on the Minnesota Twins bullpen? Yeah, I'm on Team Duffran, which is Duffy and okay. Duran. That was my little uh, nickname for them. Um, okay, just because he you know Pagan, I, I think he blew a save in that in that. Um, appearance where he came on in the eighth yeah i think uh, so gave too. up the home run um and you know 1.7 homers per nine for his career that's why i always was on duffy you know as soon as they made that trade of taylor rogers is like duffy's gonna be the guy and then uh yohan duran you know comes in starts uh, you know blowing batters away with his high velocity and his his, his huge upside so yep you know, I think he'll eventually mix in. You know, I think they kind of want to still keep him in low leverage to to start the year. You know, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I've I, I've been kind of off Pagan, but right now I kind of have him. You know, in that uh, closer chair, um, just kind of a low security closer, right? As opposed to uh, uh, Duran and uh, uh, Duffy, but uh, I do think Duffy and Duran will mix in especially if he continues giving up home runs. For sure. For sure. Meanwhile, as Sean points out, Colin Pache is in right now for the save opportunity for the Rays. Now, Kittredge pitched yesterday. So, you know, I don't I don't think this is totally Rays being Rays. I think it's some of it is also just, I think, and if I recall correctly, Kittredge threw a lot of pitches. Uh, yep, too. 20 pitches yesterday. If you go to our closer grid, um, if you scroll down uh, below um, – kind of our grid and the and the reliever stats you can filter by team and see the last uh, seven days of bullpen usage where it, where it lists their pitch count and kind of oh, nice. results of the team so um yeah Kittredge threw 20 pitches yesterday Rayleigh uh pitched the last two days uh Whistler worked 27 pitches on uh Wednesday so yeah this is this isn't I don't even have to post in there so I gotta I have to add him <laughs> yep it's always yeah that and that's just the thing. Fire Eisen pitched two innings today. Beaks pitched two innings today. He's in line to get the win. Uh, well, I, actually, who is in line? When did they raise score their other run? I, I don't. I, I I could be wrong about that one. Hold off on on uh, signing that too quickly. But 
you know, it's just it's just the rate. It that part is being the raise. Uh, being you know, they can they get these guys that people don't know about, and you just look at their ERAs. Jeffrey Spring, Springs has a .93 ERA. Jason Adam is one point one three. Beeks hasn't given up a run this year. Neither is Fire Eisen. I mean, they're just they keep on mowing people down. Yeah, you know, I think really the only one who hasn't been effective has been uh, Chris Mazza. He's kind of gotten blown up, but uh, uh, yep, um, that might be injury related. But yeah, they're 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 going to spread the saves around. Um, we're going to see every single one of these guys probably pick up a save and and more that we haven't even heard of yet. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. I think they had what thirteen guys get saves last year, something like yep. that. Yeah, it's crazy. Three straight years they've had over ten relievers uh, record a save. That's just what they do. Uh, any other uh, bullpens you want to highlight uh, from your latest article or just believers that we should be on, keeping an eye on here before we move on? Um, I do want to mention one more reliever, Ryan Helsley from the Cardinals. Um, okay. Is yet to allow a run uh, this season. I think it's one, uh, sorry, 016 whip. Um, throws heat. Um, his velocity is up. He's even topped out at 101 miles an hour this season. Um, some savvy main event participants have already picked him up last week. I saw eight people pick him up. So, wow. Um, with Gallegos um, kind of imploding in his last appearance, um, you know, we'll see if this week, uh, if Helsley, Helsley gets an opportunity or not, because that'll just drive his price way up. Um, but we know now that Oliver Marmol the new Cardinals manager uh, employs the closer by calculation uh, mm -hmm. where, you know, he, he looks uh, at all various things like uh, swing planes and, and matchups and um, you know, who's on their, the opposing team's bench and things like that. Uh, I thought that was just fascinating. Uh, Katie Wu had a really great article about that on the athletic. Yeah. I highly recommend. So um, so I really am intrigued by Helsley uh, with the added velo, and um, I'm kind of uh, he's already in my my queue uh, for leagues uh, to pick up this weekend. So I'm kind of hoping he doesn't get a save opportunity uh, before then because right. um, we could be looking at you know triple digit bids. Yeah, uh, for sure. Although it's funny, Gallegos has been kind of the man. I mean, he had the rough outing Monday, but. You know, other than that, he, he has been used as a closer so far, which is interesting. But, you know, Marmol says he looks at all that and then he goes to Gallegos anyhow. So uh, that's, that's very true. Yep. Yeah. But then again, Gallegos is a very good pitcher, too. You know, Monday notwithstanding. But uh, that might be part of it there. Uh, we're going to talk about Ryan's main event team uh, next. But before we do that, got a quick note from Vivid Seats. Baseball is back. That's right. An entire glorious season. All 162 games. And with live events resuming, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. Every backdoor slider, every round tripper, and every doubleheader can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you can start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Just buy, collect stamps, and redeem. It's that easy. From behind the dugout to upper level, Vivid Seats has you covered for all the games that matter to you. Pro tip. Buy tickets for your whole group. Split the bill and make progress towards your free ticket even faster. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Also, uh, the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast is always broadcast on the Blue Wire Network. Here are a couple ads from them. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, and we are back. Uh, and we are talking with Ryan Roof. I'm Jeff Erickson. We are talking, we ta- we're talking closers. We're going to pivot to Ryan's NFPC main event team, which is now 14th overall. It started at 15th today. It's up to 14th, Ryan. Big, big success. That's exciting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a good start. Um, it's an encouraging start. It's my first year participating in the main event. Um, qualified for it through a fanball DFS contest last year. Yep. Uh, which uh, NFPC is, you know, partnering with them again this season to, uh, uh, you know, with those qualifiers. So I highly encourage you uh, to participate in those. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a nice start. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged, but I realize there's still a lot of work to do. There's still, you know, 23 weeks left of the season. Uh, I have some deficiencies that I need to address, um, which is, really just hard in such a stack league full of excellent, you know, fantasy players, bad flat settlers in my league, Abdul Madani, Zach Waxman. And it's just, uh, Chris list is in my league too. Uh, yep. So Schechter's in that league. Wow. Yeah. It's just stacked. It's, it's, it's insane. So, you know, my work's cut out for me, but, but I'm, I'm really happy with the start. I'm working really hard. Um, you know, aside from the, the, the lineup gaff I had that we discussed earlier, it's been, it's been nice. Um, and I've really put in the work and uh, yeah. these, the fact that, um, you know, I made the decision to, to, to document my journey through a series of articles. Um, you can read, uh, uh, went out a few weeks ago. Um, NFBC main event fever dream was my, uh, is my team name. And, uh, it's just really, I'm really just holding myself accountable. It's forcing me to really, you know, not, uh, um, stay fully engaged, you know, every single week, um, really put thought behind each decision I'm making, not only with my lineup, but through, uh, fab decisions and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, this will help me, you know, sure. uh, Writing about it, well, yeah. When you when you write about a team, it, it makes you think about it a lot more closely. You look, think about all the issues. Think it, it really focuses you to you know it forces you to focus on exactly what you need and what you don't need. Is you you know it's up for everybody else to look at too. And you're you know right. you're especially motivated. Oh man, I don't want to look terrible. 
with that. And I'm, so. and I'm making notes every week. I'm documenting like, okay, so I made this lineup decision for this reason. I dropped this person for this reason. Mm-hmm. You know, these are who I will else I was considering and things like that. So what I'm going to do at the, you know, each quarter point of the season is just kind of recap, you know, how that quarter went. Um, I'm going to recap, you know, the, the decisions that I made uh, through fab and through the lineups where I'm at in the standings, how I'm feeling, all the mistakes I've made, um, and what I've learned. So hopefully this will, you know, help encourage others to participate, try to qualify, or just, you know, pay the the $1,750 entry. And uh, hopefully someone will take something from it and learn something. So who, who is the, the, who are the players that you want to thank that helped you win the qualifier? Like who got you into this in the first place? Oh, um, I remember it was a Max Scherzer start when he was still with the Nationals. He was, okay. and it was against the Diamondbacks, so it was a pretty chalky decision. So I, I, I knew I would need to uh, um, diversify with my hitters, um, and I had a an Otani and Trout stack. Um, I can't remember who else. I think I had. Oh, I had uh, DJ Stewart from the Orioles, who I don't even. I don't even think he's on a major league roster. I think he's a former Oriole at this point. Yes. (laughs) But he hit a home run. Um, I think he was the, he had some sort of a split advantage, platoon advantage. It was, um, I think he hits, he hits lefties really well, right? Or maybe righties. Um, So I I started him and he hit a homer. So I think he was kind of the difference maker. So nice. Very nice. Uh, So this year with it, with this team, where are you strong? Are you weak anywhere? Uh, what yeah. are your major concerns? Yeah, major concern is is power. Um, you know, I have Vladimir Guerrero. I have uh, Josh Bell. But if either of them miss any significant time this year, I don't. That's really going to hurt me. So um, I was probably too hyper focused on steals during the draft. Mm-hmm. So you know, as were a lot of people. You know, yeah. I, I mean, you you saw. I mean, if you if you saw like some of the stuff that happened, uh, you, you know, l- looking at, at some of the, the drafts, like Mike Trout's off to an awesome start now. I guarantee you everybody that passed on Trout to try to get someone that could run is regretting that decision right about now. Now, you took Vlad, so you, you actually drafted the first round knowing you weren't getting stolen bases, so you had to adjust it later on. But, you know, taking the value that v- Vlad does provide, and I think that's probably suited you well so far. Yeah, and and you know, Phil Dusso on I think it was on the the pull hitter podcast made a really good point, um, which I really um, like wrote down and like was reminding myself before before the draft. Like every pick you take, like if you don't address something, like you're really kind of narrowing your picks in subsequent rounds. So I knew like drafting Vlad, who doesn't provide many steals, I'm going to have to take steals in my next one of my next two picks so mm-hmm. starting Marte was my round two pick um and you know starting pitching is super important in the main event so Shane Bieber was my my first uh pitcher drafted in the third round I'm a little concerned with him um so but overall pitching is my is my is the strength of my team Jordan Romano um is kind of the anchor for saves yeah um, Alec Manoa made Uvalde Jordan Montgomery um, I'm glad that you got the company memo that if you uh, represent Rotowire in any way, shape, or form, you must have Alec Manoa in the main event. So that's <laughs> yeah. a good job there. Well done. Yep. yep. 
and today is Alec Manoa Day, and it, uh, so that, that, that's although I was bummed too. because uh, uh, Chris Liss went back to back. He took uh, Kershaw and Luis Garcia, who I really wanted. Yeah. Um, so Garcia is another family one there. Yep. 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 Yeah. So. So, so that, yeah, power's uh, kind of the deficiency of my team. Uh, pitching's the strength, so that's kind of what I'm, you know, work, you know, working on power, um, you know, through the waivers, uh, rest of the season. And it's tough to find power through the waivers right now. It's tough. To, well, and that's why, like, if you missed on Taylor Ward and everybody that, or if you hit on Taylor, I, I should say it like this: if you hit on Taylor Ward, man, you're feeling pretty good about yourself right about now. Uh, another grand slam yesterday. He's batting leadoff. He's He's only st- stolen one base and get been caught twice, but at least he's trying and he's getting on base all the time. He's even walking more. A lot of good things coming from him. Yeah, I was able to get him in the online championship, but uh, um, unfortunately in the main event, 15 team main event with a league full of, you know, excellent owners, uh, Brad Miller was uh, <laughs> my, my power target uh, this last week. So yep. yeah, not much out there. Yeah, not much out there indeed. By the way, for those that were tracking Mariners Rays, it was Ryan Thompson that came in to get the last out. So he got the save, faced one batter, uh, got the strikeout there. Five pitches, done. Nice day. Yep. Yep. Hopefully you started him, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> that rostered by exactly nobody. Uh, yep. Kyle Tucker, as uh, pointed out by Sean, has a pinch hit home run. So. Even he, even if he didn't start, he came in for Jose Siri, who is like in like an 0 for 18 streak. Tucker hit the hit the two run homer. And they're up now three one. So we might see another Houston save opportunity by the time this podcast ends. We'll see. They're in the bottom of the eighth. Probably won't see it by the time we end, but uh, that's all right. Uh, how have you? How's your Fab budget looking so far? How much have you spent? Um, I think sixty dollars. I have nine forty left, so um, haven't gone too crazy. They're. Um, don't think I've bid more than 50 some dollars on the player yet. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure, you know, when the Max Meyer gets called up by Miami, he'll go for, you know, triple digits. Yep. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been pretty conservative this year um, thus far. Yeah. Watch to see if someone drops O'Neill Cruz, if they get impatient waiting for him to get the call. Something like that. That that'll be like a Fabo Palooza uh, sort of outing there, but we'll see. Uh, My stash was Gene Boz, so um, you know it sounds like he's going to come back in early June. So you know I'll have to hold him for another month, but you know we'll see if you know injuries allow me to do that. Yeah, and one league Tatis is my stash uh, in the the Vegas main. Got him in the eleventh uh, round, eleven point three, and wasn't planning on getting him in that draft, uh, but felt like that was the right price so we'll see we'll see how that works and then of course though got other injuries like do you hold on to josh rojas this whole time i have so that's two stashes then a pitcher gets hurt and next thing you know we, we, t- we tell people don't have more than one stash and i see all these red crosses there and you know next thing you know i'm up to like five or six stashes and it's makes it really hard yeah it could really affect your ability to like stream you know you're leaving you know guys in there with five game weeks because you're so limited on your bench when you right. could be adding someone who has a seven game week. Um, so yeah, it makes it tough. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, I obviously you're, you're going to hold on to Tatis for till he's, till he's in there, but I don't know about Rojas. That was an interesting one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, the thing is that after you hold him for a couple of weeks, then like 
like I'm almost there. I'm going to still hold on to him. But then yeah. <laughs> there's the opportunity cost of who you could have picked up. I could have gotten Danny Jimenez. That would have been pretty handy to have. Or, you know, and we were in on the bids for, uh, you know, for Taylor Ward, but we got beat on him. We got beat for, for Stephen Kwan. You know, there's there's always that cost. And, you know, ho- I, I, I really do regret not going higher on Ward. I, I had like $75 bids on him in both leagues, or at least in one of them, and we didn't get him. So that, that one's a bummer. We were close at least, but that gets you nothing. Sometimes right. the Fred Zinke bid doesn't help you. Yeah, my my big bid last week was was Wilmer Flores, and that was my, I bid way too little. <laughs> wasn't yeah. even close. So, yeah. Someone cut Wilmer Flores, huh? Yeah, yeah, he was he was Interesting. on waivers. Interesting. Uh, question from Twitter uh, for uh, from C Bowman. He goes, "Can I ask you if you're frustrated with the DH playing time non bump for Will Smith, or is this what you expected?" I expected him to play a little bit more. He's sitting like once every four days. He's got two homers, 11 RBI, he scored eight runs. It's not, you know, it's an 808 OPS. He's not killing me. But I was, you know, I also took him, I think, at the end of the uh, fourth round ahead of Buxton in a league. And that, speaking of opportunity cost, when you go early catcher, you expect a little bit more. And I'm not quite getting that just yet. Yeah, I I, I was an early catcher, too, in the main event. I took uh, JT Real Muto in round four. So, yeah, I'm feeling that, too. Um and yeah, it's of course it's a little frustrating if you're if you have Will Smith, but um, you know that you have to remember too that the Dodgers lineup is just stacked, you know. Right. It's they got a ton of hitters that are excellent. So. Yeah. Uh, Foxborough News asked, "Put Acuna in my lineup tonight?" Yes, absolutely. If you've had Acuna this long, put him in. You know, I don't even care if he's maybe not necessarily ready. Just put him in. You never know. Um, you, you, you drafted him early for a reason, get him in there. If he's playing, get him in there. You know, I'm looking at Real Muto. I mean, he only has three RBI, but he's hitting 303 at least. Uh, and he's gotten 12 runs. So he, he's done some things that, you know, you just want a little bit more on the power side, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, a couple steals and, you know, the, the plate advantage, excuse me, plate appearance advantage from the catcher position. You know, him, Dalton Varsho is another one who's going to get over 600 plate appearances. It seems like yeah, um, such an advantage, especially in leagues that, where, you, where you start two catchers. So, Yeah. Finally, uh, you're a Cleveland fan. You're from Cleveland. Um, how, what's your thoughts on the early starts for the Guardians? Uh, Fran Mill Rays had a huge struggle early. He's kind of had a couple lately. But uh, this team, they were scoring runs early on, not as much lately. Yeah, they're sixth in the league offensively with a 253 batting average, uh, seventh with a 405 slugging. Uh, much of that is thanks to Jose Ramirez, yep. who's unbelievable. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, they, they're on a six game losing streak. They've lost nine of the last 12. Um, so it's, it's a little discouraging stretch. Um, but uh, surprisingly, uh, if you kind of unheralded uh, contributors. Owen Miller has been really good. Yeah. Um, he's got a 1300 OPS leads the league with eight doubles. Um, turned out to be a much better option at first base than Bobby Bradley. So uh, that was a nice surprise. Uh, Steven Kwan too, uh, currently out with hamstring tightness, but uh, had a just unbelievable start to the season. Um, hitting second ahead of Jose Ramirez. So should score a ton of runs. Um, Probably won't contribute much power or steals, but um, good average, uh, good runs. Um, so, 
yeah, um, offensively, we're off to a nice start. Uh, you mentioned Reyes, who's not off to a nice start. Um, seems very streaky. Uh, he homered in back-to-back games towards the end of last week and then right. just, you know, back to sucking again. So, um, you know, Abed Rosario is off to a slow start, too. So, um, so yeah, hopefully those guys turn it around. You know, I'm encouraged by the offense, uh, especially from, from Miller. Um, Miles Straw. Really nice table setter as the leadoff man. Good OBP. You know, he's got four steals already. So, um, and uh, Josh Naylor, another great story coming back from a gruesome leg injury last year. Kind of hope he gets gets time this season. Um, you know, I'd like to see what he can do with 500 at bats, but we'll see if he gets there. Um, right. You know, obviously you don't want to overwork him coming off such a such a bad injury, but. Um, he does have double digit home run upside, decent average, um, with regular plate appearances, but, uh, um, you know, keep in mind, he, he hasn't, you know, had much big league experience thus far, his highest, uh, OPS is 718 in his rookie year. So I would, I would temper expectations, but kind of hope for the best with, with Naylor. Yeah. Uh, two pitchers I want to ask you about, uh, Emmanuel Classe hasn't been dialed in just yet. There was a lack of save opportunities early on this season, and I think that might have had something to do with it a little bit. But when he has pitched, it's been kind of dicey so far. Any concerns with him? Not yet. Um, you know, like like you said, he's, he hasn't really pitched too much um, thus far. He's you know he's two for three in save opportunities, so um, he's really had a couple uh, shaky outings. But he was so good towards the end of last year. I mean, he walked like two guys in the second half. I mean, I'm not too concerned with him yet, but uh, mm-hmm. I would like to see him, you know, get in there a little bit more often um, than Terry Francona has used him thus far. So, uh, okay. And then the other is obviously Shane Bieber. Velocity is down uh, significantly, so especially from 2020, uh, where I think it's almost four miles an hour down from 2020, about two miles from last year. But the results have still been all right. Uh, at least ERA and WHIP have been all right. Uh, he, he is walking fewer batters. He's striking out a lot fewer batters, getting fewer swings and misses. Long term, yeah. are you concerned with him? A little bit. Um, like you said, he's still getting the job done, um, just right. from a you know ERA WHIP perspective. But like you said, string strikes down three percent from fifteen point eight to twelve point eight. Strikeout rate is down from twelve and a half K per nine to under nine K per nine. So right, just uh, it's a little concerning. Um, Babip's a little bit low too. He's, um, you know, getting more fly balls this year. Um, so I'm a little concerned that uh, he'll start to regress, you know, as the season goes on. But uh, you know, he's such a such a bulldog. Um, he's really competitive. He's clearly talented. Um, you know, so you know, probably not getting what we had hoped for. Um, you know, but uh, remember, he's coming off missed half a season. Last right. Year exactly. Strain. So, you know, maybe he's still ramping up. Maybe he's going to, you know, throw a little bit harder as the season goes on. But it's just kind of, you know, in that ramp up phase still. Um, surprisingly, if you if you look at uh, Cleveland's other starters, um, both black, uh, excuse me, Zach Plesak and Aaron Savale have yet to pitch more than four innings in a start. Yeah. So it might be kind of uh, being conservative with their starters. McKenzie finally went over five innings. Um 
in his last start. So yeah, he did, and I remember that that game, the White Sox game last week, the second game of the doubleheader. He couldn't get out of the fifth, despite facing a total JV lineup from the White Sox in the second game of that doubleheader. It was very frustrating watching that, but he couldn't throw strikes that fifth inning either. So I saw why they did it, but especially you know, given his injury history, given you know the time of the season. Not surprised, but it was kind of frustrating a little bit. Uh, rostering a Cleveland starter not named Bieber so far. But it'll come back. And Quantrill's now back from uh, his COVID trip, so they're back at full capacity. Uh, anything else Guardian-wise you want to talk about before we sign off? Um, no, I think I think we covered most everything. Uh, okay. One one minor leaguer to monitor is Daniel Espino in the minors. So, yes. Double uh, A uh, right now, but... I wonder if he'll uh, kind of push them to uh, make his debut this year, um, just striking everyone out. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, put that, yeah, you know, put that on your watch list, and maybe uh, you know, see if the. You know, I, I imagine they'll go the full progression, put him at AAA first, and then give him a chance later this season. But watch to see that minor league promotion. Sometimes teams wait a month or so, and they start making those moves, moving those guys up the ladder a little bit. So, if that happens, I would watch for that too. Uh, Ryan, really want to thank you jumping on with me today, uh, especially because I gave you like zero notice. So uh, I especially appreciate that. Um, you're doing a great anytime. You're doing a great job with the closer grid and closer encounters, and and with your main event team. Uh, bring home the cheddar. If I don't do it, I want you to do it. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll see each other near the top of the standings towards the end. That's what. We'll meet that's you what there. Else. Sounds like a plan. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap up today's uh, podcast. Thanks, everybody, for chiming in. Appreciate all the comments and the questions. And, of course, you guys listening, please, if you can, subscribe here and click that like button uh, on if you're streaming with us live. Otherwise, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We really do appreciate it. Tomorrow we got Clay and Todd with Two Star Starters. Tune in then. Take care. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com